What up, what up, what up? Welcome back, baby. Through line. We're going to rebrand that name, everybody. We're going to rebrand it. I can't have any more people be like, but what's the through line? Shut up, dude. Huh? You like this fall sweater, don't you? You like this fall sweater. Oh, who doesn't like wearing a sweater in the fall? It feels so good. Let me tell you the best thing about this sweater. Is the other night I brought Byron Bowers on stage. We were at the improv together and then right at the comedy store. So like I did the improv, went on, and then there was a host. The guy came up and I see Byron waiting to go on. I'm like, what's up? What's up? And then he was going on. Then I go to the comedy store. They're running behind. I go up and then I think I'm bringing someone else up, but it's Byron. So I bring Byron up and he says something about give it up and he goes, he mentioned how I dress like a black guy, except uh, he used the N word. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I drove home on a high, baby. You call me the N word, and oh, you have no idea how good that feels. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of different ways people can interpret that, but black dude calls you the N word because he thinks you're dope. That's that's dope. What's up, Byron Byers? Check out Byron. He's awesome. He's in a new movie called. Uh, Honey Boy with uh, Shia LaBeouf and uh, it's directed by I believe her name is Alma Harrell let me uh, check it out just for you but it's it's like the I've seen Byron promote a lot of it and it looks like it's going to be it looks like it's going to be pretty pretty damn awesome Um, yeah Alma Harrell is the director uh, Honey Boy. Check out Honey Boy movie on Instagram. I can't wait to see it. Uh, it's in theaters this Friday, November 8th. So that's technically tomorrow. So go check that out. Honey Boy. Shia LaBeouf. Byron's in it. Alma Harrell directs it. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I don't get out to movies a lot, you know, but I'm definitely going to try and make, make this one in the theater. Um, <clears throat> anyway, great to be here with you guys. I mean, have we talked? Here's the deal. I am in Hartford, Connecticut at the Funny Bone. Tonight, tomorrow, Saturday. One show tonight, two Friday, two Saturday. So if you're in the area, come out. I'm in Boston next weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, November 14th, 15th, 16th. So come out to shows there, Laugh Boston. I've posted these all on my Instagram. People are like, but it's not on your website. Who the fuck is using a website anymore? Facebook, Instagram. Are you, uh, I'll put them on the website. <sighs> For what? You know what I mean? For what? Um, and big thanks to everyone who follows me on Instagram and Facebook and likes in YouTube that's watched the special I released. I put it up for free now on YouTube. Me Being Me is now available. Again, those of you that have shared it and commented, I love you guys. You know, it's been up for a little over a week. We got 45,000 views, something like that. That's not bad. Um, We could have more. But uh, it's just a testament to you guys sharing it and telling people about it because that's the only way we keep growing. Um. So I appreciate that. Got some flowers in here for the flowers and a candle. Who doesn't like that? I love it, man. We grew up with these, you know, everyone got into these uh, mason jars. You know, mason jars became a thing like, what, like 8, 10, 15 years ago 
where like restaurants would have mason jars and everyone had me you know I obviously mason jars have been around a long time but these blue ones were like that's what my grandmother used to like they used to jar stuff they would like do like jarring like pickles or there's a thing where I grew up called pickle that we buy it's like it's like a it's, I don't know it's like a nicer relish you know it's not as like it's not as like uh I mean, people are probably so mad at me that I can't get this off my tongue right now. But, you know, it's like, you know, relish is like, oh, it's this is how it tastes. Pickle has got peppers in it, and I don't know what's in it. I don't know, but it was delicious. But I remember, like, we would see these jarred, like they would do a lot of jarring and, and pickling and whatnot, and they were always in those, and I love them. And I love them to put flower arrangements in. I arrange flowers. That's something I like to do. Uh, let's see. How did everyone... Uh, did you trick or treat? Did you trick or treat? That's what I want to ask you. I trick or treat. I treated. Is it trick or treated? I trick or treated. Let me just tell you something that I got to get off my chest because I think you guys know I like to get things off my chest. If you don't trick or treat in your own neighborhood, you're part of the problem. If you're going to another neighborhood to trick or treat, you're part of the problem. What are you doing? It's not. Is the neighborhood not good enough for you? Your own neighborhood's not good enough for you to trick-or-treat in. But they have, they go crazy and decorate their houses and our kids love. Then decorate your own house. Then tell your friends, hey, we should all decorate. Make your neighborhood the place to be. So this is what you're doing. You're taking your kid out of your neighborhood where all his friends or her friends live or could live to go to another neighborhood. But they give out better candy. What, 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 what is it? What is it? Why does it everything have to be better than just what it is? That's what your neighborhood is. That's where you trick or treat. You're gonna drive somewhere to go trick or treating? No, no. That's like next level gentrification. Your next level gentrification. If you're leaving your neighborhood to go to another neighborhood, you know where we go? My neighborhood. That's where. And I'll tell you this. So what I did, anyway. I listen. I get it. I get some of you. If you live in an apartment, sure. Go go trick or treat somewhere else. I get that. If you you know, I guess that's my only way. If you want to go to another neighborhood, go ahead, but it's just like you're lame. You're lame. We're always looking for something to be better than just what it is. Just have it be what it is. Here's what I decided. This year I was like, "All right, what can we do to up it up a little bit? I'm not big into Halloween. I'm not a Halloween guy. That's just not my holiday, okay? And I don't need to be. You know, not every I don't dress up. And my friends like, "You don't dressing up?" I'm like, "No, nah, I don't dress up, dude. I do everything else." Okay? There're going to be some things as a dad I don't do. And you know what one of them is? Dress up for Halloween. Maybe I will some year, but I don't I don't feel the need. When I see other dads dressed up, some of them like, "You're a tool." And then others, I'm like, that's the bomb, dude. And I get that your kid's like, yeah, we're doing it, blah, blah, blah. This is one of those things I'm like, nah, this is what you do. This is what I do. This is what you do. I have some friends that swear in front of their kids, and we tell them, like, hey, adults swear. You don't, so you don't say it. Okay, that's your prerogative. I just don't swear in front of my kids. Every now and then, I slip up. and like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Then they know I'm serious. But, like, as far as a regular basis thing where I'm like, no, we don't, adults swearing, you don't. That's just not how I roll. That's fine. Whereas other people, they're like, yeah, we dress up because the kids like, you know, that's fine. 
In my house, I go, the kids dress up. Uh, dads don't. That's fine. Oh, is that a shameless James Gordon mug plug? Um, so, okay, I get it, you know? Like, I get it. Here's the deal, though. Um, what I did this year, I was like, all right, well, like, how do I make Halloween better when I'm not really a Halloween guy? Do we have, like, pumpkins around the house? Like, uh, one with a candle in it? Yeah. Do we have, like, a sign that says boo? Yeah, we have that stuff. We have pumpkins out. You know what we didn't do this year? We didn't carve a pumpkin. We didn't. The kids, like, they kind of asked about it, but we didn't, and we fell behind, and man, it's tough sometimes living in Los Angeles to get into, like, those holiday things. We should have. We didn't. So on Halloween night, we uh, went to a friend's house for some dinner where all the kids were like eating and then everyone's going to, I guess, leave from there. They didn't, they didn't tell us that, but that's what was happening. And I was like, well, I'm going to be the guy that hands out candy this year. Like we were, my wife and I were going to switch off. She was going to take him for a while, then meet back at the house and then we'd switch and she'd hand out candy. But I was like, what if I did like a fire in the front yard? <laughs> not like a bonfire you know we have like a fire pit that's movable put that out have a fire going i put chairs out around it had a table with candles and the bowl of candy so people come by i give out candy dads you know if it's a mom and dad with the kids dad you want to hang out for a while or mom yeah and we told friends in the neighborhood like hey we're gonna have a fire going out front why don't you end the house end the night at our house and then hang out around the fire. Kids can, like, talk about their night. They can play. They did everything, you know. It was the best. And as I'm sitting there around that fire, you know, I had people come by like, ooh, you got the fire going. I'm like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I can do more. This was, like, step one of making our neighborhood a dope neighborhood to go. So now you got to understand something. My street and, like, a couple of the other streets, there's this cul-de-sac down the bottom of the hill from our house. And the cul-de-sac for years was like you get invited down the cul-de-sac like what do you mean like oh they're always doing they had like the coolest stuff like it was all families living in this cul-de-sac and what they would do is any mode of transportation okay bike big wheel scooter they had like a corral and everyone just left them at the end and outside and you would just go grab one and like kids were always playing down there because it was a cul-de-sac it was safe not like, you know, I live, people like, you see my neighborhood and it's, yes, it's like residential, but you're still in Los Angeles. You're still in a city. I still have a major street that way and that way, you know? People cut through because of ways through my neighborhood and they fly through it. Now, <laughs> do you think I don't jump out in the middle of the street and jump in front of the car? Yeah, I do. Slow it the fuck down. There's people. Um... That's the dad I always wanted to be. The dad who's not afraid to like get in a confrontation with my kids around. I do it all the time. If I see some person driving like an idiot, I'll be like, what are you doing? Yeah, I go, well, people are trying to get through here. Let's go. Wake up. And then my, my daughter would be like, who's that? I'm like, I don't know who that is. She's like, why'd you talk to him? I'm like, because what is he doing? I'm like, look at him. We're trying. Everyone's trying to get one place, but this guy's worried about himself. But look at all the people behind us. We're all trying to get somewhere, right? And they're like, yeah. And I go, then why is he taking up all this space and they're like i don't know <laughs> anyway this year for me was like step one year okay i did the fire pit that's step one you ready for what next year is going to be next year this is what it's going to be flyers handed out to every house on the block that way 
this way, down, 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 that whole way. There's probably, I mean, you're looking at blocks. We're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, like 12 blocks, flyers. And the week before Halloween, I'm going to set up in my front yard pumpkin carving. Everyone is invited. Pumpkin carving. Night of Halloween, my house, I'm going to have those same tables set up. And everyone's, it's going to be a potluck. Everyone come. Everyone. You got kids and you're going to trick or treat. You come. You bring food. We're going to put out, I'll say like baseline, I'm going to have out pizza and maybe one other thing. You want to get some food in the kids before they start housing candy. You know what I mean? Get something in them. I'm not saying you got to sit down and have salmon with spinach, but I'm going to baseline them. You know what I mean? And we're going to have like water. And like other things, like that was the thing that we had the kids there around the fire late at night. And I was like going to get water for my kids. And there were like three other kids there. I'm like, let me get waters for everybody. And everyone was like, they need water. They're going to be jacked up on candy. So now you got a home base. We're going to be the home base next year. Fire going for adults. And then you have a place within your neighborhood that you can always go back to home base. There's going to be snacks there. There's going to be water there. There's going to be a fire there. For parents, there'll be booze there. And then everyone can, you know what I mean? You set it up. Now you have a home base. Then what happens? You tell parents, like, you know, maybe the year after that, we build a haunted house on my front yard. It's not hard. You could totally do it. You just got to frame stuff out and put up, like, walls. Easy. Now, am I ready to do a haunted house? No. I'm not ready to do a haunted house yet. And, first of all, you're sitting there like, dude, you said you're not even a Halloween guy, and you want to do a haunted house? Yeah. I remember we would go to a haunted house as a kid. My mother used to play organ for this church in our town and they would take they had this hall off of the church and they would make this insane haunted house i mean as a kid it was insane you go through and like you know people volunteer to act at this haunted house i bet i could do a two-night haunted house in my front lawn to the backyard where like you go through and it could be it would crank i bet like you could do it promote it you know get everyone in the neighborhood to volunteer and just do it for two nights and then, you know, just do it for free. Get a bunch of guys together and gals, moms, dads that want to volunteer the time to build this thing out. Lights, you know, whatever. I know. It sounds like a lot. It is. And I'm not really that guy, but I would do it. Just not this year and not next year. Next year is going to be fire pit, home base with food and water and a fire for the parents and booze. We're like... You know, go out and around and then do a loop and then come back or go hang or leave or whatever. But, like, what I'm saying is my goal is that no kid in this neighborhood leaves this neighborhood to go somewhere else. That's my goal. They should all stay in this neighborhood. Because when I was a kid, you never even thought about going to some other neighborhood. That wasn't something you did. You didn't be like, oh, they got the best houses. No, you went to your neighborhood. That's it. It wasn't even a thing. Now, if someone's doing like some crazy house, go out on the 29th or the 30th and go to that neighborhood and go look at the spooky houses. Sure, go for it. Have a blast. But this idea that your neighborhood isn't good enough, I'm telling you, that's next level gentrification. Gentrification is moving into a neighborhood and moving out people that had lived there for years and now you're changing the neighborhood okay in my neighborhood 
it was now in my neighborhood now houses get torn down for one and a half million dollars and then a house gets built and sold for three so what do you you're you're all these people that sold now they made a, a boatload of money on their house but now you're changing this neighborhood over to be a neighborhood that's only going to be rich people you know like it's only going to be rich people that's what's going to change but now what happens is like now you're bringing in all these people that now you live in this neighborhood but you won't trick or treat in it you live in this neighborhood but you don't go to school in it that's another thing is like people move into these neighborhoods and they're like well this school's not good enough for us i mean the the taxes are fine for us but the school's not good enough like la is is one of those cities now listen do I think it's badass if you can afford private school and give your kid the best opportunity? Yeah, I do. And I've seen it. I mean, our kids, you go to you go to preschool, they're all private, and you see the attention to detail and the care, and then you go to public and you're like, oh, they don't care at all. They're just like getting the kids in and out of here. I can't even imagine what it's like at a private school where like they're getting paid a better salary and it's like, you know, I don't I have no idea. I don't know. I just know that if you live in a neighborhood, be active in it. That's the only way it gets better. The only way you're going to have, do you know how those people in that neighborhood have a kick-ass Halloween? It's because one year some guy, like me, says, let's have a fire in front of our house. And then the next year other people are like, yo, I like that. You're going to do that home base thing with the carving and then you, yeah. And they're going to do that. And then the next year, someone's like, yo, uh, I was thinking we should all go crazy on our houses for Halloween. You're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, people are like, dude, that's the neighborhood. You know? But if everyone puts that effort in, instead of just like letting, it's like you're sucking off that neighborhood. You know what I mean? What are you going to go? You're going to go over to that neighborhood and then take all that candy? Bitch. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. Am I a curmudgeon? Maybe. But like, just take the effort and make your neighborhood the place to go. That's all. If your school's not good enough for your kid, if it's not good enough, then volunteer. Volunteer at the school. Figure out how can I make it better. How, get get every person in your neighborhood that you're friends with be like, yo, you go into our school? And they're going to be like, yeah. And volunteer and do stuff like... Whatever they do at that other school that you're taking your kid to, do it at this one. That's how you do it. That's how you change. That's how you stay active in your community. That's how you, you know, participate. <sighs> I ate so much candy. How much candy do you... I, I, I feel like I play this game all the time of, like, going through the candy. The best was, like, watching my kids trade. That's another thing I would love to do is, like, the end of Halloween night from, like, 7.30 to 8.30... You open up the tables for trading. Everyone can put their candy down. So so this is what I'm saying. Get a bunch of these like banquet tables. Rent like 10 of them for the pumpkin carving. And then the next, the early in that night, set up for like food where everyone can come and like food's out and people can eat. And then clear that off. And then for like 7.30 to 9.30, 9, 7.30 9 is like where you can trade, where you set up and like you barter back. and f I mean, how dope would that be? That's happening. That's fucking happening. Watching my kids trade, they dump all their candy up. That's another thing is like people want to like like oh my I want my kids to like see these crazy how, they don't care. 
so you're taking this neighbor to see this crazy house and then that now that's now that's the limit now it's like well if it's not as good as this you know what you see the kids are gonna love it if someone has a pumpkin carved and a and a and a bunk light on where it doesn't look like anyone's home and they have to go up to that creepy door that's the scary part you think the scary part of halloween is someone who makes their house all crazy it's not that's just overdoing it you're desensitizing your kids they're gonna be like well if it's not a crazy house it's not halloween the scariest part of halloween is that old lady in the neighborhood who doesn't have kids anymore. She's in her 80s, and she's got one light barely on, and you got to go up and you got to knock on it. There's no doorbell. You have to knock, and then you have to wait for her slowly to get to the door, and then she's like, and she opens it, and it smells like cats, and she's handing out, like, candy that she wrapped. That's the scary part of Halloween. You start going off to some crazy neighborhood because they they have because they do special effects for fucking Spielberg. Sure, that's just a movie. That's all that is. It's just something else. The scary part is the shady house with the shady lady who you never see when it turns out she's just someone's grandma. Let your imagination create what's scary about the house. Whew. The kids are bringing out all the candy and they're like trading back and forth. My son was like, they each got a couple full size. You know that house that's giving out the full size. It's my neighbor, Steph. She's always going full size. I'm like, dial it. I get it. So they were trying to trade for one. And my daughter was just being super sweet. And she wasn't trading a a full size, just a normal little candy that he wanted. And then she's, uh, she wanted from him, and she offered him four pieces for his one. And he, he was kind of like looking around like, fucking, yeah. And we're like, River, are you sure? She's like, yeah, no, no, he can have it. And I was like, okay. You know, we might want to work on our negotiation skills. But kindness, A plus. Negotiation, like a little bit of a D minus. I'm not going to fail her, you know what I mean? Because who knows? Maybe she's just like, well, what do I care? That's what I really want, so. Halloween, man. We eat candy for days. I'm just like pounding. That night I was like, I'm going to pound as much fucking candy as possible. Any Heath bar that came in, I, I'm i like, they're not going to want a Heath bar. Crushed it. Try and get your kids into Whoppers. Whoppers still go around. Do you, have you seen Whoppers for sale outside of Halloween? I never see them. It's not like I'm like looking for candy nonstop, but like who is eating Whoppers? They're fantastic, and I love how they melt in your mouth, but no one's like, ah, what are you going to get for candy? I'm like, ah, I'm thinking Whoppers. Same with snow caps. If you're getting snow caps, I will love you because I will never eat your snow caps, and you won't be going for my, like, I'm a, I'm a traditional guy. Twix, Kit Kat. I like a crunch with a sweet, and I love caramel. Twix, Kit Kat, 100 grand. Of course, M&Ms you just pound. Caramel M&M's, you get those that come up. Oh, unbelievable. We're sitting there. The kids are just like eating candy, and our neighbor's are like, should we check any of this candy before they pound it? We're like, no. Remember when like razor blades and candy became a thing? You're like, well, people are going to put razor blades, and you're like, no, they're not. I mean, they, they still, maybe they did at one point, or they have, but they weren't doing it. I don't, I, I just remember it as a kid, it, it becoming a thing, you know? 
Here's another thing I wanted to talk about. When we recently went on vacation, and this is where I'm not like, I'm not, you know, I'm constantly trying to find out who I am. I feel like we all are a little bit. We're like, oh, who am I? Am I this guy? Am I not? I don't know. But we went on vacation and we were like walking a beach. So there's this beach, right? And I was like, oh, it's no one's at this beach. I'm like, we might be able to find sand dollars. And I don't know what it is about sand dollars, why we all like it. Like, wherever we go anywhere, we collect rocks or seashells. When I was a kid, it was sea glass. You were trying to find sea glass. And you wanted glass that had been beaten so that it was, like, soft and rounded and super smooth. That's what you wanted. Green was, like, green's a beautiful sea glass. But if you could find another color glass... I mean, sure, green and clear are the two sea glasses you're going to find. Green, probably the most traditional. But imagine finding this blue, but like weathered down, you know, blue sea glass or red sea glass, like the coolest. And we used to go to this one beach in Massachusetts uh, at Stage Fort Park is in Gloucester. It's like big park. There's a beach. And then Hammond Castle was there. It was this old castle that this guy built because he was loaded. And I think he was, he invented like the first remote control, this guy. So he had like an organ that played by itself. He he would have remote control boats in the harbor and move them around. There was no one on the boats. And then he had a, he had a room in the house that had an indoor pool and it was a glass ceiling. And he had like, he had, this is when like no one had income tax and you could just do, if you had crazy money, you would do this shit. He took home storefronts from Europe. One was like a butcher. One was like all these. So the pool had like a courtyard and then these like little storefronts that looked. And then like if you were like in one of the bedrooms upstairs, instead of a window that looked outside, you looked into the courtyard from your little butcher storefront. Anyway, the house is dope. But inside that room, he made it that he could drain that pool and bring in salt water from the ocean or fresh water. He could do either or. And then he used to have, he had the the ceiling rigged so it could rain in there or fog. And he could make it nighttime or daytime whenever he wanted. It was like this super cool house. Anyway, we used to go look for sea glass. I'm, there's always going to be a side story, guys. Okay. It's never just going to be like, oh, he's talked about. No, I'm going to veer off. I'll always come back. I used to love Hammond Castle. We took the kids there. It's an awesome place. It's got an amazing view. I love all those old houses. My mom used to take us to like houses. That was something that she always did. You know, like castles like that. There's a place called Castle in the Clouds in New Hampshire that we would go to. And I remember it had a waterfall. You would like take you would go park and it had like a store. You're like it was on like five thousand acres. And there was like horse trails and there was like I think horse fields and whatever. And then you would take this like trolley up through the mountains up to the castle in the clouds. And then you would look at the house and, uh, it was awesome. And now like we do that with our kids because my mom did it with us and it's pretty cool. I, I love doing it. I love houses anyway. And I love taking the kids. Um, anyway, so we're on this vacation and we're out and I'm like, Oh, there's going to be sand dollars. And I've, I can't remember the last time I found a sand dollar. My neighbor, he goes swimming like every Sunday at like 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. And he'll go down there and he'll jump in the water, come out, look for sand dollars, sit for a while, swim again, and then come home, be home by like 6.30. 
and he he grew up here. He's been doing this his whole life, and he always has these crazy sandals. Like he lets him dry out in his front seat, passenger front seat on the floor. And every time, like, you're, like, hanging out in the street, he'll be like, oh, come check out the truck. And I'll open up. I'm like, Jesus, dude. He's like, I know. So we're on this vacation looking for sand dollars. And we're all kind of scattered on the beach. My wife's with, like, my daughter. My son's kind of playing by himself. I'm walking down looking for stuff. Because I wanted to find sand dollars. I'm like, look what I got. I got some sand dollars. And this couple comes by with a dog and they're like hey you looking for sandals i'm like yeah they're like oh here and they give me like seven sand dollars maybe maybe five sand dollars and i was like oh and she's i'm like no i can't take those and they're like no take them we have so many at home and like are those your kids i'm like yeah they're like no take them and then my kids came down my wife came down and we're all talking and i have these sand dollars <laughs> And I was like, it was the sweetest. It was so nice of them. You know, they saw that we had kids. They were younger than us, but I, they didn't have kids. But here's, this is me. This is who I am. I look at my wife. I'm like, I don't want these sand dollars. And she's like, what do you mean? I go, I don't want these. And she goes, why? And I'm like, because you're supposed to find your sand dollars. You can't have someone give you sand dollars. You know what I mean? Who the fuck wants that? That'd be like someone going to... A baseball game, catching a home run ball, and being like, hey, I caught this home run ball. You have it. No. I don't want your home run ball. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything to me. You know? And do I think it's, like, super sweet of them? Yeah. But does that mean, like, it's what I want to do? No, I don't. I, I, I don't want... I don't want your sand dollar. I mean, I think it was a nice gesture, but this is, like, where I, like, ask myself. I'm like, am I a dick? Because I don't think I am. I mean, yes, I know I am. But the way I'm looking at it is like, do I want to put sand dollars out in my house and be like, oh, remember those people gave us these sand dollars? I don't. I want to put out sand dollars. I'm like, oh, yeah. Remember we got those sand dollars. Remember we found those sand dollars. That's what I want to do. It just means more. They just are something that's of value because you found them. That's what I debate constantly. Oh, am I dick? Am I not a dick? I don't think so. But you know what I want to do? I want to find my own sand dollars. I want to find my own sea glass. Like, now, if my kids found it and gave it to me, yes, of course. We're a unit. We're one. We're a family. That's the whole point. But some stranger, I'm just like, no, I don't want it. <sighs> That's just what I'm dealing with. These are going to be a new fixture. I'm going to have different flowers as many times as I can. That's something I want you guys to know. And I'm going to change this setup. We're changing it up a little bit. Nothing crazy, but if there's something you're like, you know what would be cool if you did this or if you did that, let me know. Please give me feedback at my email, holidaybakeryproductions at gmail.com. My email, holidaybakeryproductions at gmail.com. If you're like, dude, I'd be cool if you did this or dude, it'd be cool if you did that, let me know and I will look into it because I want this to be the best experience for all of us. We had Brian Callen on last week. A lot of people liked him. I love him. I fucking love him. Coonsie on the week before. You want me to do some interviews? I'm not going to do them every week because I like doing solo. And I know a lot of you guys like the solo. But if there are people you like, you know who would be fresh? Email me. If enough people email about one person, I'm like, all right. Or if you email me someone, I'm like, oh, you know what? That person would be great. I'll do it. You know? But I need feedback, guys. I can't do this. I can't be, you know, 
talking on the phone, driving, and handling the money all at the same time, man. That's Big Lebowski. <sighs> this was another thing. When I got married, I've just seen, like, you know, people are always posting. Uh, this is a fun thing for me. Adam Kate in Holland, uh, who wrote that book, Tragedy Plus Time. Um, he put up on Instagram, he recently, it was his, like, wedding anniversary. And uh, it's my friend texting me. I miss the old world days when I used to bartend at this restaurant. We were always hanging out there. I miss it too, man. I miss it too, guy. I'm constantly missing the past. I don't know what it is. I just always think about the past. It's just who I am. Um, anyway, it was his wedding anniversary, and he put up a picture of his wife, and he's like, it's been three years, and we're so happy, and uh, that must be a good sign. And then I commented, I'm like, actually, uh, reports say that people who are happy together after three years, it's not a good sign. It means they're holding something back, and something's deep down inside. So uh, you're probably going to get divorced, blah, 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 blah. It's the best because you know where everyone's like, oh, great. And then they see that one comment. They're like, oh, fuck, shit. Is that real? Who who may or may not know I'm a comedian. But, of course, he's a comedian. So, um, But it got me thinking about, like, I loved my wedding. I know some people, like, people <laughs> talk about how overwhelming a wedding is. One, I used to crush it dancing. My wife and I go to weddings, and we would just crush it. We'd be out there just dancing. Now, I, I mean, I, I can dance still, but I'm getting so old. Like, it, I feel like it would hurt. Like, if you don't work out for a while, and then you like try to run, you're like, you can't even run, dude. You're like, what are you? You're gonna run somewhere? No, you're not. I'm not saying like go for a run. I'm saying get up to run somewhere. Like, like your kid hit a ball and was going in the street, and they were going after it, and you had to run at it. That's what I mean. Um, but I loved weddings. I loved having our wedding. And I tell people all the time, like I had friends that were going to like plan their wedding. And I was like, listen, it's the only time in your life you're going to have everyone you love and care about in one place for you or just not even for you, just in one place. You know, like you have your college friends, your high school friends, work friends, you can have them all in one place. And you know what? They all got to do whatever the fuck you want. It's your wedding. I remember being at my buddy Coonsie's wedding. And uh, we're all hanging out in his room, getting ready, all the guys. And he told everyone, blue suits, black shoes, black belt. That's what everyone was going to wear. Well, one of his buddies is sitting there with brown shoes. And he's like, now, am I a blue suit, brown shoe guy? Yeah, of course. I don't know why I don't see black shoes with a blue suit. I see brown. I, like, I have a brown belt on right now because I got blue pants. I think these are blue. But if I was wearing black, you know, ever see like a dude wearing black jeans with a brown belt and like brown shoes? You're like, that's tight. So when my buddy was like, navy suit, black shoes, black belt, I was like, huh. I would never, that wouldn't be my stilo. And then when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is great. The navy against the black is awesome. But he had one friend there who just brought brown shoes. And he's like, dude, didn't you see? I told everyone we're doing black shoes. And he's like, yeah, but that's not, you should be wearing brown shoes. And he goes, I don't care. I said black shoes. And he goes, all right, well, I got brown shoes. Now, I wasn't the best man, but I was looking around at this, and I'm like, all right, someone needs to step up. And I looked at, looked at this dude. I'm like, go to the store and get black shoes. And he's like, you want me to go right now? I go, I don't want you to. You are going to. 
this is his wedding. Go get black shoes. And I told my buddy, I'm like, Coonsie, I'm like, get out of here. I go, bro, go get black shoes. And he goes, well, how much time is there? I go, who cares? Ask your wife to go get it. You fucked up. You don't have any kids here. Ask her to go. Give her your size. They went and got the goddamn black shoes. Then he was shaving my boy, Coonsie, and he got blood on his shirt. Blood. And I go, take the shirt off. I go, just take the shirt off. I got it. And I cleaned off the blood. And he's like, why are you doing this? Like, I remember him being like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's your wedding. Everyone here is for you. Anything you need, the best thing on a wedding day is anything you need, you just ask for and someone will do it. They will. Because they're like, yeah, it's his wedding day. If they give you shit, you tell them to go fuck themselves. I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah, I mean, that'd be fun. (laughs) But that's what it's all about, you know? Like, have a wedding day. Have a day where you can, like... Because I used to never celebrate birthdays, you know? I'm still a firm believer. After... Definitely after 40. But I feel more so, like, after 30, you just... Every five years is when you can throw a bash, you know? You don't have a party for your 44th birthday. 45th, have a party. But don't expect me to be there on your 47th. For what, dude? For what? Because you're, what, 12 now? No. You want to have like a little dinner and invite some of your close friends? Yeah, I'll, try. I'll make time for that, I think. But a party? No. I'm not doing that. So, whatever. So, anyway. With birthdays, though, I did start to understand that, like, you know what? There is one day a year where you can feel special and not feel guilty about it. Because for me, I always feel guilty about, like, feeling special. Now, do I love it when I get a great response from a crowd? Yeah, that's what I should get. I'm funny. But that took a long time for me. You know, now I'm like, all right, yeah, that's where I get it. So in my regular life, I'm like, no, no one's going to make a big deal out of me. I'm just a human being. But on my birthday, now I treat myself. Now I'm like, this is my day. I'm going to do whatever I want. I want this kind of food. I want to do this. You know, and I tell, you know, the family. I mean, I normally spend it with them, but I'm just saying, wedding, go all out. And when I say go all out, I mean when you're having your wedding, have the rehearsal dinner. Have it. Have a dope rehearsal dinner. Next day, don't have the wedding till four so you can see people during the day. Everyone's in the same place. Have the wedding. Sunday, do a brunch. Do a rehearsal dinner Friday, wedding Saturday, brunch on Sunday. People want to stay around for the rest of the day on Sunday? Yeah. Killer. Treat yourself. Make a big deal out of it. Weddings are supposed to be a blast. You know? Let me see where we're at. Those are some of the things I've been thinking about. I love that falls here, though, man. We turn back the clocks, and you're like, oh, it's going to suck. My wife and I had, like, a debate for, like, four minutes. All right, so we're tur- are we gaining an hour? She's like, I don't know. We're turning back. We're getting. We're giving. Anyway, we got, as I'm exhausted right now, we got, and I still was like, uh, did we really get? I put up earlier before this just before I was going to record that if anybody wanted me to talk about things they should just DM me right now on Instagram so let's see if anybody did because then it'll give me something else to talk about otherwise this is done oh man someone did Uh, we were scooting to school today and my son wiped out on his scooter which is pretty awesome Anyway, that's not something. 
Uh, let's check this. Otherwise, guys, this is going to be the end. Let's see. Oh, perfect. Uh, someone's asking me, how do you stay confident? I'd love advice on keeping going when there's little encouragement and some hate around you. Uh, here's the deal. I think anything in life is like you just have to like I don't think I was always confident and sometimes I don't even know if I am confident. I just kind of gotten to the point where I'm like fuck everything, dude. Fuck all of it. Fuck, you know, whether you are in the public eye or whether you're just like around friends or like dude, you know where I came up with the what I was talking about earlier about trick or treating in your own neighborhood? It's because I was riding bikes to school with my son and there was another dad skateboarding and we were talking about Halloween and he told me he went to another neighborhood. And he's British. He's a British dude. And he's like, yeah, we went to this other neighborhood. And he goes, they they go crazy, man. They, he goes, real American, you know? And I go, that's not American. I go, you know what's American? He goes, what's that? I go, trick-or-treating in your own neighborhood. I told this guy to his face. Now, people might think you're a, I'm a dick. People might think that's confidence. People might think that's arrogance. But you know what? I just was like, I can't have someone saying that that's American when in my eyes, it's anti-American. You know what I mean? If anything, it's the stereotypical American that countries hate us for, is that everything's going to be bigger and better and nothing's good enough. We'll bomb a country. <laughs> you know? So I don't know if that's confidence. I just got to a point where, listen, do I know if we live another life? No, I don't. Are we going to come back as someone else? I don't know. Is there? Do you go to a heaven? I have no clue. I don't know. I just know that every day you wake up, treat it like it's your fucking day. You decide. You, you know, my friend said something to me a while ago. I was like, he was. He, I have a friend. He's a very positive guy. Always in a good mood. I'm not saying positivity is confidence, but there's something about people that are always positive in a good mood. And I said to him, I go, hey, man, I just got to tell you, it's always great being around you. You're always positive. You're always, like, upbeat. And he goes, thanks, man. I really appreciate you saying that. He goes, I work really hard at it. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, well, you know, I feel like we make a choice every day. We make a choice to be in a good mood. We make a choice to be happy. And I was like, yeah, you do. You can let things get you down. You can let things be negative. Or you can just be like, nah, I'm going to be in a good mood. I'm going to like, things are going to happen and whatever. And that that's what plays into confidence. It's like, yeah, I'm going to say what I want and just be fine with it. Or I'm going to just do this thing and trust it. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have like things coming to my head. Like, what if you fail? Yeah, I do. Look at the numbers on my podcast on YouTube. If you're a Crab Feast fan and you listen, you you probably know how big the Crab Feast was. And, and you probably know that this doesn't get as many listens. Do I give a fuck? No. You know why? Because I like what I'm doing. I believe in it. I like my ideas. I like the content. And if people don't, then I, I assume they just won't listen. And that's fine. But you know what I hope? I hope the people that do like it, I hope they tell people that they think would like it, and then those people will listen, and it will grow that way. There's enough people in the world that if you have ideas and thoughts, they'll agree with you. And people are going to hate. I put my special up on YouTube for free. I spent a lot of money on it. 
okay, a lot of money of my own. And people are commenting. There's negative comments on there. What am I going to do? Wrap wrap their tiny little idea around my head and hold on to it forever and think less of myself because someone has got something going on deep down inside them that they can't appreciate things in this world? No, I'm not. And neither should you. It's why, it's why like, Yelp is bullshit. Everyone is out there hiding behind things, you know? And anyone, anytime anyone says anything to you or does anything to you, it's chances are they have this thing that's going on inside them, which is making them say the negative, mean shit that they're saying to you, you know? It's never like someone is intentionally trying to be that way. It's just that they're not doing the work on themselves so that they're not that way. Just like if you want to be confident, whether it's in an artistic sense or with a loved one or with your family, because, you know, it's another thing. We always dance around family. We're like, I could never say that. Like, why? What is the point? Now, are there going to be certain family members you're going to have to adjust to and be like, well, I'm going to probably have to do things this way because it's never going to work. Yeah, that's that's something you're going to have to do. I just know that for me confidence is just I've said this before it's not here but Emerson self-reliance go read it it's the best it'll make you be like yeah why would I why would I do anything else but trust myself because that's what it is you know like you can't put any weight into anybody but yourself because that's what in order to be successful in anything, you're going to have to do. My buddy sent me this quote the other day. I think we were talking about this kind of stuff. And this was something Emerson wrote. Uh, I, I don't know if I've read this. He said, write it on your heart that every day is the best day in the year. He is rich who owns the day. And no one owns the day who allows it to be invaded with fret and anxiety. Finish every day and be done with it. Should I interpret and then read? Just read the whole, I'm going to interpret. So basically he's saying like, it's your day, man. Make it whatever you want to be. And if you're going to let someone else get involved, don't. And then when that day's done, wrap it up, put it away. And then the next day is a new day. The beautiful thing about New Year's is like we have a new year. Like, oh, we got a new year. Take that same attitude with every day. You've done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. Begin it well and serenely with too high a spirit to be cumbered with your old nonsense. Cut it all out, man. This new day is too dear with its hopes and invitations to waste a moment on the yesterdays. Let me just say something. This sounds like some new age bullshit. Oh, fucking what's he talking this new age bullshit? This is Ralph Waldo Emerson. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He was visiting Thoreau, hanging out in the woods every day, and they were contemplating life. And this is how he was approaching it. There's a reason why people talk about it. I say to my kids the other day, we walk by a flower, a rose bush, and I go, hey, come over here and smell these flowers. And they go, why? I go, because they smell beautiful. And I go, you know, there's an old saying that says, stop and smell the roses. And they go, oh. I go, so when you pass roses, you smell them. There are cliches that are cliches for a reason. Because you should do it every single time you pass a rose. If you smell a rose, it's you're like, God damn, that smell is unbelievable. It just comes off that flower. Every other scent that you normally smell is manufactured somewhere. 
a rose grows, you smell it. Cut grass, you smell it. You know, there's these, anyway. Basically, I was answering one question to a guy about confidence. And uh, what I'm saying is, I don't know if I have confidence. What I know is, I appreciate my days. I appreciate my life. And I appreciate the goodwill I have. You know what else I appreciate? I appreciate the shitty stuff. Because if you don't, then you can't acknowledge the good stuff. You know, I have a lot of bad days. I get told no a lot, but I just keep moving because I believe in what I'm doing. Because I like, I finally, and I'll be honest, I finally like my life. That was the thing for a long time. I was like, yeah, I don't know what is my life and isn't my life. And I don't know if I like it. And I just started realizing, I'm like, yeah, I like this. I like where I live. I like, I love my wife. I love my kids. And I love my job. I've set my job up to be like, I constantly see online friends or other comedians. I see them on tour buses, private jets, going to do fucking sold out arenas. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you look at that and you're like, wow. And I could easily get jealous. I could easily get envious. But I look at it and I'm like, I woke up this morning and made my kids breakfast. I woke up and like cuddled with my son on the couch and talked about what a great day, how proud I was of him last night doing homework, listening to him while I did the dishes after I cooked dinner. I get to put my kids to bed with my wife. I get to wake up with them. Now, I'm like, I go away, you know, to do shows in Connecticut and Massachusetts, uh, Hartford Funny Bone tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday, and next week at Laugh Boston, which I'm bringing my daughter with me. You know, but like, I don't, I never, if you're out there comparing your life to other people's lives, you're never going to be happy. If you're out there listening to people commenting on your life choices, you're not going to be happy. Who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things, who cares? Do what makes you happy. Make and try the things that you think would make you happy. You know, if you're if you're like working some job nine to five and you always wanted to have a, a candle shop or a bodega then just go try. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to fail? Who cares? What's the worst that's going to happen? You don't own your home? Who cares? Who cares? I'd much rather fail trying than die having never tried. Uh, Whatever. You get it. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week.